Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Bold Expressions. Um, this episode is slightly different. It would be kind of a dual interview um, between my wife, uh, myself, and the returning Julia Sh- uh, Schaefner, uh, who works with St. Louis Art. Uh, we greatly appreciate her taking the time to speak with us uh, on this day and hope you enjoy the interview. Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful episode of Purposely Planned Life Cafe. And today I'm here with the wonderful, my wonderful, I, I believe her, as I believe to call her my friend, as well as my advocate, um, Julia Schaffner. And I really appreciate her even taking the time to come on um, just to speak today. Um, it, it means a lot to me just to have her here. She's a very special person, not just to um, me as a you know individual, but to my family as well. All of those should know by now that tune into this cafe that I have a son on the spectrum. You're going to see him running around right now in the background because that's what boys do. And um, today we just have a few questions, tags, um, today. but at first I want to start just let me know a little bit about you. What do you have? What, just let me know about you. <laughs> Thank you for having me today, Juanita. I appreciate so it. <laughs> and thank you for that sweet introduction. Um, yes, so um, maybe we'll just talk a little bit about how we know each other, <clears throat> which is um, through my role through the St. Louis Arc. I am a coordinator of the uh, Capable Kids and Families program and um, had the distinct pleasure of meeting you all, I guess about a year and a half ago, getting to know you all and spending time with your family. Um, Through that program, uh, we provide direct services to families with children and uh, we do equipment lending and and help families support support families uh, with any kind of resources, uh, support them through advocacy, et cetera. Um, so I've been a long-term employee of the St. Louis Arc. I've been there uh, probably actually the majority of my life um, <laughs> in a variety of capacities. Um, and I was recently uh, kind of reflected back on sort of how I got involved with the agency. Um, and why I chose to go that route and um, actually kind of chose that route because uh, I, I chose it actually in college. I started working part-time for a similar agency in a different, uh, different city. And um, I chose it because I felt like um, that was an area I was going into social work. <clears throat> that was an area that uh, was underserved and um, also back 30 years ago, (laughs) um, we were in a very different place um, in terms of disability rights, et cetera. So it was kind of nice to be a part of that that process. And then when I moved back to St. Louis, I um, went to work for the St. Louis ARC. And I think that's amazing, um, even as you speak on just the disability rights, um, because 30 years ago, you know, uh, and just out of researching for myself and knowing uh, but 
30 years ago, they kind of generalized everyone on the spectrum as being in the term of, please forgive me with this term because my mom would kill me. I hate this term of um, the, just mental retardation or, you know, on the retarded level. And that's how everybody was generalized. Um, yeah, I have a big thing with that word. She actually disciplined me very badly one day of eight years old, not understanding what that word meant. And she, yeah, after that, I understood it very well. <laughs> but um, just just on that note of just that type of advocacy that, you know, 30 years ago, that was huge. And how did you, how were you able to overcome just those type of things? That's a lot of diversity just right there. Yeah, so, um, so obviously, you know, I think we as individuals are ever evolving. And, you know, certainly when I entered the field, I, I, I took a job, a part-time job when I was in college, um, literally because the schedule worked well for me and it was working with kids and I had enjoyed working with kids. And, um, and there were other opportunities within the agency that I was working for to be able to pick up extra hours, but I wouldn't be committed. So anyway, it just all worked well, but I, at that point in time, I didn't think, oh yeah, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to be doing. I was actually going to have a, a completely different concentration with my, um, with my degree. Um, <laughs> but as, you know, it, as it kind of, as things went on, I actually did work in a different field for a while, not very long, probably about a year right after I graduated. And um, I, I missed the, I missed the piece of, um, of being able to kind of like help people find their voice, maybe who hadn't had their voice before. Um, and that can be done in, in other arenas also. Um, but it, was just something that I found that I really enjoyed and um, and uh, was was very passionate about. And what I have been very pleased to see is that as um, as a as a provider, um, as a, a service provider, and as um, a society, and kind of where we are today is not where we were 30 years ago. There's still a long, long, long way to go, um, but it has been nice to be able to reflect upon those changes in that time frame. Right, not on a personal note, you know, you already know how much I appreciate you helping me find my voice as a parent and to be able to advocate that part for Daniel as well. And uh, you kind of touched on a lot of the questions that I already had for you just there. And um, but I guess I would want to ask to um, what was one thing as far as the program, uh, how how you were able to I guess hmm, I figure how to word this. Sorry. Um, just as far as the different clients that you may have worked with in the past. Have you had anyone that just made you change the different uh, opinion as far as advocating for just, because I know you already have that in you, especially how you just broke that down as well, but have you had parents that have made you want to push that even further? Or... Yes, so um, there's one particular, well, I, I've worked with so many amazing parents, so um, 
I, I started working with parents, um, like I guess about 10 years ago now, approximately. Um, and so, and, and that was, um, that was sort of an evolution in and of itself. Um, being a parent, I, I felt like uh, that's just sort of where the next steps were leading me. Right. Um, and so I, I took advantage of an opportunity that came along and I'm very thankful that I, that I did. Um, and through the course of that time, I learned so much. Um, I've learned so much. I learn so much every day from all the amazing parents that I work with. Um, there's, you know, the struggles of not only being a, a parent, a parent is the hardest job. <laughs> um, definitely, regardless of who your children are, you know, it's the most important job and it is, um, it's the hardest job and it does not come with any kind of manual and what works <laughs> what works for one parent doesn't work for another what works for one child doesn't work for another um and so you know just uh the the strength um and the uh determination and the love and the passion um that all the parents that I have worked with, um, that they that they give not only to their own kids and to their own family, but so many of them give that outwardly also, are you know outside of their their immediate circle, um, and so you know I feel like it's a gift. I feel like I just learn so much on a, a daily basis and I feel like it's made me a better person it's made me um, more empathetic it's made me um, more aware <clears throat> um, and it also I think helps um, I don't know just kind of helps me become continue to grow because I'm constantly getting the opportunity to meet and get to know other people. Um, there is one family that probably sticks out in my mind. Um, and it's a family that I didn't think would continue to want to work with me. <laughs> um, and and um, it, it's, it's been amazing. We, uh, even though they're not officially in the program anymore, um, I just feel uh, a close um, bond with them. Um, it's definitely somebody that I have seen overcome so many obstacles in life and, um, and, uh, you know, get to see kind of her, her, uh, empowerment of herself, um, through that process has just been just so rewarding. Um, and, you know, it's, fun to to talk with her and and you know hear all about the wonderful things that she's thinking about and doing and um you know be there to support them in any way that i can outside of a professional basis and i and she's got amazing amazing voice <laughs> 
But yeah, I think that's something that I think that's something you kind of spark to you. You allow someone that you. It's easy to be around, you know, a spirit like yours, just and and to be able to, I guess, grow with that and and have that. I, I've always said with about a spark, think about a candle. Um, it doesn't take anything to, you know, for that other candle to ignite another candle. But you have two flames going instead of one. And I think that's. When I think about you. I think about those two flames and how you how that probably goes through, you know, other parents as well, how you spark those flames for other people to, to continue. So I, I think about that as well. And I want to think about um, as far as, sorry, when it's just stopping and my phone is doing stuff now. <laughs> but as far as <laughs> uh, what's one of the most important, you kind of touched on it just now too, but what's one of the most important things um, you've learned in your life and what, was um what was your life like before learning it and what is your life like after learning it? Um yeah, so um you know I think that again I kind of think that we're constantly learning. Yes. Um <laughs> and uh where you know the the I I feel like um it's good to um, always be kind of searching for like what, you know, what your passions are. And I, I always tell my, my kids that, you know, who you were at five is not who you were at 10 is not who you were. It should be. Right. <laughs> and yeah, it's just a constant. And, um, you know, some I've made like everybody else, you know, we're human. And so I have made, a million and one mistakes through my life and um you know learning to forgive yourself for those mm. and um mm. go on past those and be i i guess you know i think like so many people just with covid um i have been trying to be a lot more mindful and a lot more um just really kind of focused on the here and now since we can't always right. you know <laughs> advance these days. Nothing so, can be planned anymore. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so it's kind of forced us all to 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 do that, I think. Right. Uh, but I am trying to embrace that a little bit more and and think about what I have control over today um, and what um, what can I can accomplish today. Uh, and you know just right. being very right. understanding of, of where we are at the moment. And I love that. I mean, I, I believe that forgiveness of yourself is the hardest thing for women to do in general, because it's so hard. Mm -hmm. We'll keep holding on to different um, things that we've done. We'll keep just going over and mulling over. Oh, I could have done this differently. Even with things with Daniel, I, oh, I could have done this differently. But now it's just, you know, after years of running things the wrong way, I've actually said, okay, I don't give myself some grace about this. No one is going to understand my situation like I do. So if I don't give myself grace, then I'm not going to be able to continue and pick up the way I need to. So I think that is a, a big, huge thing. Another question, I don't want to get too far off, you know, my ADD kicks in. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you could remove all the barriers or constraints as it relates to your job, what, what would it be? Um, 
So I can remove all barriers and constraints of the job. Was that right. the, I'm sorry, I had a little audio. Oh, um, sorry. No, that's okay, that's okay. Just wanna make sure I understood. Um, so I think, um, you know, sometimes we are, sometimes we have legitimate constraints put upon us um, in terms of capacity of what we can do and what we can't do. But I also think that sometimes we, um, we uh, also sometimes uh, run the risk of <clears throat> putting those onto ourselves as, as a convenience almost. Yeah. That's a kind of a harsh word, but um, so obviously we can't, you know, be everything to everybody exactly. because we are only have our, our particular capacity. Um, but I think one thing that we have learned through the program and that I've learned and, and, and advocated for is that um, if you truly look at the philosophy of the program, then there isn't a whole lot that doesn't <laughs> fit underneath that. So what we're really trying to do is to help families be as strong as they can possibly be. Right. And if there are things there that are, are getting in the way, um, then I think it's up to us. Now we can't, we don't have the financial ability to be able to, you know, buy somebody a house or, you know, pay their, their rent, that kind of stuff, but making sure that we are really trying to help people um, get connected. And that's probably one of the most frustrating things is with the lack sometimes of <laughs> resources that are really available in the community. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot out there, but yeah. those resources get stretched very thin. Um, so I guess that's probably the one area that um, I wish that we could do more of is kind of helping with some of those sorts of needs. Let me understand that. And um, I guess, uh, what are, another question, um, what are something, I guess, um, that people misunderstand as it relates to your advocacy? Um, I know sometimes you, people think that you're gonna be able to do this and this or that, and then, you know, their expectations are either going to be higher or lower. So I want to know um, what are some of the misconceptions that people have. Yeah. Um, so um, one, this is something that we actually run into, um, you know, uh, HIPAA and, and privacy laws are, are real. And as much as, you know, I would like to, if, if I'm working with a, a parent who is not, um, had success in getting some information or getting through to the right person, I can sometimes make calls to figure out, okay, well, who is the right person or, right. you know, talk to a supervisor and ask, you know, what, what's the process here? We're kind of missing something. Um, but I can't, I can't actually talk on that parent's behalf, um, especially if it relates to their child. Right. Um, so, and I think that's kind of a hard thing sometimes for people and I, I get it, like they're just exhausted and they really need help and support. Um, but it's something that we have to um, help people understand is that we can't actually be the one to, to do that. I can sit mm -hmm. with you, I can 
coach you, I can support you, but I can't actually do it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the one, one of the areas that I think is. Right. Cause that's a big key between advocacy. I advocate and, you know, me being a case manager or a social worker, it's totally mm -hmm. different. So I wanted definitely to speak on that because people don't understand what an advocate, advocate gives you a voice, it gives you mm -hmm. the ability. It's like a, I wouldn't say a crutch, but it gives you like a, the, the additional ability to do something that you might not have been able to do without their leadership or their guidance. So mm -hmm. I definitely wanted you to kind of speak on that. And I have a few questions for you as well. And I'm going to end my section and I'm going to let Carl speak after this. And I'm sorry, I have my headphones in. I didn't realize he wasn't going to be able to hear everything. He hears me talking to you, but he doesn't hear your responses. So I do. Apologize. Okay. So after no. this question, he's going to step in with bold expressions, um, but it's going to be both of our um, um, you know, togetherness here, but um, due to due to COVID and yeah, yeah different things, so <laughs> we just have to make it work. And today, I also haven't mentioned it. Today is his birthday, and I, yeah, he's shaking his head. He didn't want me to tell anybody, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> now the world knows. The world knows that today is his birthday. So he's gonna get later, but um, but yeah, I, I had to mention that and acknowledge that he's just a wonderful person. Wonderful person. But um, last question: How would your children describe what you do for a living? Um. Well, they both um. They kind of grew up within the agency. I mean, they. <laughs> um, and we were smaller at the time when they were were born. We were a smaller organization, um, and so they had plenty of visits to the office and. Um, they know plenty of people around there. Uh, plenty of people have seen them grow up. Um, and so I think that they have a pretty good understanding, but at the same time, it's, it's a hard job to like define, right? right. <laughs> so um, I'm sure that they, um, I'm sure that they would probably struggle with that piece. Like, I don't know. I know she works with families and I know she works strange hours, but <laughs> don't know really what she does. Um, that's not true because they have seen our storeroom of equipment and things like that. But, um, but I think it, it's been really amazing because I, you know, I think they have grown up with, um, with maybe a certain level of, of empathy and understanding um, that I know I didn't have the opportunity to grow up with. Right. Um, we're also very lucky that they're in a um, a school district that is um, not uh, not tolerant of intolerances, and so even from that perspective too, they've grown up a, in a very inclusive um, atmosphere, um, which I think you know makes them be that much more well-rounded. I always like to kind of ask those questions as well, like how your parents view you, how your children view you, because at the end of the day, you just never know. You take a picture. No, it won't work. You have to take it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's going to take a picture for this. But um, but yeah, that, that's something I always wonder. Like, how do, I always ask my parents, like, how do you describe what I do for a living? And they're just I'm like, huh. I never thought about it. But when when my mom asked me one day, like, what do you describe? What is in, in her job is case management and advocacy. So it gets very um, for 
crazy for what she does. She is a case manager for um, those with disabilities as well as yeah. mental and physical disabilities. So mm-hmm. that's very, but, um, but yeah, I've been just like counting with your children. I've been with my mom and helping her with different things for um, as long as I can remember my entire life and working and, and seeing how she works has made me, I guess that's, that's kind of what's made me a little bit easier with the transition for Daniel as well. But anywho, I want to make sure that, um, that Carl gets the apple amount of time to do as well, because I know time is limited today. But but um, we're going to go ahead and go into bold expressions. And I know I hear you, but it's fine. Come on. Okay. Here it comes. Thank okay. you. No problem. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Carl. How are you? I'm fine. Happy birthday. Thank you. I would sing to you, but I would like ruin your whole year if I did that. So I will not be singing. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so yeah, uh, I know you have uh, to go soon. So I just had, uh, just wanted to catch up uh because I've been meaning to, to ask you for a minute. I, I wanted to get you back on and um, catch up with you. Uh, I can't. I wasn't uh, able to hear this, uh, if she asked you any questions from, uh, surrounding. Um, you say you didn't. Okay. Um, I wanted. First of all, we wanted to thank you for taking time out your day to answer a couple of our a few of our questions. Um, I wanted to first ask, uh, how has, um, well, even before the even before the quarantine, how were things changing uh, with the you know COVID you know spreading and the quarantine setting in? How did that change the way that you advocated for your clients? Yeah. So um, as you all know, um, obviously when. Um, when everything kind of went into to lockdown mode and um, uh, schools were canceling, et cetera, we, um, we had to suspend our services um, just for safety. We were trying right before that to, I guess it was probably mid time, just, I'm sorry, the concept of time right now is just so elusive to me. It's been such a strange, <laughs> three months. Um, but I guess that was probably mid March and we, we were trying to sort of implement, um, we started implementing new processes right before everything, um, right before we basically closed for services, but we were trying to do some social distancing with dropping off equipment and picking up equipment and, um, visiting like on a porch. Um, but then when things got really bad, we had to completely suspend our services. Um, so just recently, just this week, we re-implemented with um, equipment pick up and drop off, uh, wearing masks and gloves. Um, it's part of our, our new uniform. 
um, and, uh, you know, visiting with people from a safe and appropriate distance um, outside. Uh, so we're still not doing the in-home uh, visitation piece yet. I'm not sure exactly when we're going to, to get there. Um, we're finding that most families appreciate uh, this process. Uh, we've just started it, so we're just kind of getting some feedback on it, but it feels like most families um, appreciate the process. And then some of our families who have uh, kids who are really high risk, um, or if the parent themselves is really high risk, they may not, this, some of them are not comfortable even with doing the equipment exchanges. Um, we are taking extra precautions with like, you know, bleaching everything down and being as safe as we can possibly be, but if that's fine. If people are not comfortable, they're not comfortable. Um, we've seen the impacts of, of COVID-19, you know, we've, it, it, they, it varies, it's very individualized. So we have seen actually where some families with kids um, have actually kind of flourished and done like, had some amazing like um, growth during this time frame. And then we work with plenty of families though who have experienced the opposite where their kids have regressed through the process of not being in school and not, um, and not, you know, getting their their face to face therapies. I'm sorry. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> um, so what um, I know, uh, we we participated in a couple of the uh, parent cafes uh, through Zoom. Um, yes. How do you think uh, those have worked out? And also, do you feel like um, how do I want to put this? Do you think that it's it makes it easier for the parent cafes uh, being with Zoom, or do you think that there is an element missing with people uh, not being? Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, because I know the sun kind of makes it hard to get a picture of it. Yeah. Okay. Or if um, or do you think that there's an element missing with people not being uh, in the same room together? So I think that it's a good, um, I think that's a, a, been a beneficial um, substitute right now. And I, I do think that there's um, a, a handful of people who cannot come to an in-person um, opportunity where they can come to these. It just makes it easier for them. Um, so I kind of think that there's a place for both. I think for some people, they don't maybe connect as as well if they're not in person. Um, and then we've had like some technology kind of glitches, you know, where people lose connection or, yeah. you know, just those kinds of things that you can't avoid. Um, so it's certainly not, not perfect. I don't really know how to make it perfect. Um, but it, it's, uh, you know, I, I do think that maybe there's, there's space for, for both models. Um, I do think that there are people who prefer to connect in person and, um, and get some, some benefit out of that. Do you, uh, do you see any of the um, 
uh, I won't say protocols. Do you do you feel like uh, some of the Zoom meetings could be um, stay in place even after quarantine has lifted? Like maybe some people who um, maybe supposed to have a meeting or something happens that maybe you can continue the Zoom meetings afterwards. Because I know with a lot of people, with most most of the things I listen to and most of the things I I take in, majority of the people agree that even after you know quarantine lifted and the as they say the the uh, the curve has been flattened and you know they find some treatment for it, they pretty much the way that we knew the world before, it won't go back to that. So do you what? What are some things that you think will be a carryover from uh, this this period right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I totally agree. I, um, one of the funniest early on, one of the funniest responses I got from a, a high school student. Um, he he said he said uh, well he was talking to my son who just graduated, okay. and he said. <laughs> He said, well, you know, you don't have to worry about this anymore, but for us, it means no more snow days ever. <laughs> now schools have figured out that they can engage with students. Right. <laughs> so um, it was kind of interesting and out of the mouth of babes, right? So I right. thought, well, that's true. Like, really, there isn't much that we can't, you know, not do. Like, when when this lifts, I think that it'll just, it challenges us to maybe think in different ways and look at different, different um, opportunities that are out there. So I think about our people, our folks that we provide services to who don't have transportation, who can't get to workshops, that can't get to parent cafes, that can't get to, you know, activities, et cetera. And, and maybe, you know, offering a way for, virtual to meet in person and you know so that everybody has equal opportunity to participate yeah because i know uh very windy outside uh i uh yeah because i i wasn't aware of until um because we we get uh emails from daniel school district Constantly, I I wasn't aware of the fact that they just had enough Chromebooks just to send home for the students and for them to be able to work on that. And so you're right, that that is a, a interesting thing of being able to reach the students uh, no matter where they are, which is kind of scary. But I I also agree that I think that that would be uh, for uh, some of the more uh, I don't say antisocial, but I guess the more introvert uh, parents who may not feel just as comfortable around people to maybe still do Zoom meetings and, and uh, get in contact with people, uh, get contact with other uh, families. Have you noticed uh... <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Wind almost took away my umbrella. So <laughs> I'm glad you caught it. Yeah. It's testing your reflexes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I forgot what I was about to ask. Uh, what are um, 
I guess obviously I was going to say, what are some barriers or what are some obstacles? Um, like obviously not being able to meet with people, but um, are there some, besides the not being able to see people uh, physically, uh, what are some drawbacks that you have seen with some families uh, having to deal with uh, being in quarantine? Um, so I, I think, you know, for some families, um, it, it really is so individualized, but I, I feel like for some families, um, they are feeling some, some sense of isolation. Um, and, um, and kind of that disconnectedness with other people. Um, and then, you know, for not, not being able to access services in the same way. So I think, you know, for kids who, um, particularly kids who need like physical therapy, I see it pretty significantly with them that, you know, it's one thing to have a, a virtual speech session, right? It, it, you know, that's, that's one thing. But for physical therapy, where you're actually needing to manipulate the body in certain ways, um, you know, that's really hard to do virtually. So, um, you know, I do feel like there's been a lot of, um, a lot of loss, obviously, of, of time that some families have, have experienced by not being able to access everything that they would typically access in person. And then, of course, working with families who have lost jobs and, you know, all of those other losses that have people have been experiencing. Um, that's that's always really hard. Yeah, and I uh, and I completely didn't, hadn't thought about the those kids who have who do need uh, that that physical therapy, that act, that person to actually be there and to you know be hands on. Um, I know one thing I've heard uh, both times, multiple people on the uh, parent cafes is that a lot of people with, with the kids have to be there all the time and uh, the parents are just happy to be able to have a conversation with another adult. So mm -hmm. I know that's a, that's a, a, a good thing. That's the, the calls, you know, uh, have offered, but um, I got it almost blew away a second ago. So, okay, um, so yeah, um, what are some, I know there's only so much you can do, but what would it have been some, um, I guess some workarounds that you have uh, given to those parents who do have some of those drawbacks, such as, uh, <laughs> such as, um, Like, like you said, uh, maybe a loss of job or that feeling of iso isolation. Like, what are what are some uh, workarounds? What are some techniques? Uh, I know there's only so much you can do for the for the job as far as like maybe giving references. But what are some things that you uh, have to help the parents with other things? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, United Way has been amazing. Um, we've accessed a few of their programs um, that they've developed specific programs to address some specific needs during this time frame, uh, We try to push out as much information. We try to stay on top of, you know, all of the different uh, programs that are out there, all of the different um, 
food programs and, you know, personal hygiene programs, all of those things and get those out immediately to families that need them. Um, as far as um, employment, that one is just tricky. Um, <laughs> try to, you know, kind of help, help them, uh, help people be aware of where to go to look for jobs, but, um, but that one is, it's a challenge um, to say the least. Therapy is obviously another challenge. Um, a lot of families are trying to figure out what is best to do right now. Um, some places that deliver therapies, um, some places are starting to open. Um, some are continuing to do the virtual visits. So it's just like a lot of newness to, to navigate. And, um, and you know, it used to be like you could say, Oh yeah, I, I know that this organization is doing this, but right now it's like, okay, I don't know if that organization has opened yet right. <laughs> and I'm not sure the status of this particular program. So there's just so many, like, I don't knows at the moment. Um, and it changes literally by the day. Yeah. And I know that it's really uh, tough to see people in need and especially, um, you know, I know that you guys get, get, you know, close with your your uh, your families and to see people that you you know have a relationship with be in need and not being able to um i won't say supply the need but at least address it in some way i know that has to be pretty tough mm-hmm. um have you noticed any um i know it's uh it's trouble on the uh the 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 kids have you noticed uh any of the parents probably like needing some kind of therapy themselves of you know being the fact of like the i know um the <clears throat> the struggles of before where it just had to be uh having to um now be a teacher and having to uh you know the the role you know you're not just parent now you're the teacher now you're uh the playmate and just you know you're you're with the they're with the kids all day. Have you seen more of parents being stressed out or reaching out so, for maybe um, just a little bit of, I guess, therapy of their own? Yeah, I do feel like we've had an increase in the number of um, parents who are interested in in referral sources for like counseling services or. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, just even people like being more open about that piece, you know, being more open about feelings of um, loneliness or depression or anxiety or, um, you know, just um, kind of feeling overwhelmed with with everything. Um, again, I, I kind of think that there's been some opening of dialogue related to that during this time frame. Like, I just, I think there's been kind of a push to, it's okay to be feeling that way right now um and I, I kind of feel like people are more willing to recognize it and maybe it's just because they know everybody else <laughs> isn't sort of that same same boat yeah because i know it's our it's already a i don't say a taboo but it's already a a certain feeling to uh to feel a little stressed out or to acknowledge that it's like you know i love my kid for who they are 
and I wouldn't change it for the world, but sometimes I do wish that things were a little easier. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've noticed, you know, some people like, you know, some of the people that I've talked to that, you know, maybe have kids on the spectrum, there's just like, you know, they are, you already feel bad for that, you know, or for maybe not um, meeting whatever needs they can, but to now in this instance to where before you may get a little bit of reprieve with them being in school or maybe even you being able to go to work just that time away. And now you're just like, uh, I know a lot of people, therapy in general, uh, some people kind of feel like it's in either in a, a minutes of failure or that something is wrong when really, <clears throat> I know both Juanita and myself, we both have a, a, a thought of therapy or something, just people in general, most people, like an, I, I believe an overwhelming majority of people just need therapy just to have somebody to talk to and not just like a family member, but someone who is trained not just to listen, but trained in knowing the types of questions to ask to get you your mind going and to, you know, not tell you what you want to hear, but somebody with an unbiased uh, opinion to get to you to where you need to be to, you know, release some of that stress. So I know that's a uh, big thing for parents. Um, so what um, do you, I know you have to leave in a, in a minute. Uh, what are some uh, things in the future, uh, or at least not in the future, but I, I guess in the uh, coming months with uh, more and more of things being lifted, I know you said you're, you're starting to do um, having the, the mask and the glove. What are some other things that, uh, <laughs> that you that are changing uh they're changing back and or or some things in general that are, are changing in general that uh you're looking forward to or or basically i'm sorry let me ask this what what is what is your what is the thing that you're most looking forward to getting back to normal as far as working with the parents so um Right now, I think one of the hardest things is um, not being able to um, be close to the kids. Like, you know, I just, I think that there's so many, so many, still so many unknowns with the whole COVID thing. And I'm, I don't worry at all about myself, like getting sick. It's just not something I, I worry about, but I always think, oh my gosh, what if I, you know, were a carrier or something like that and right. or to give something to somebody bad, I, that would just, that would be so horrible. Um, so I really, you know, trying not to get too close to kids and, you know, for kids that, um, well, I, I like did this you know, kind of distancing thing this morning and the little girl didn't even recognize me. It was raining. So I had my hair pulled back and I had a mask on and I had gloves and she was just like, you know, she was standing in her living room and I was on the front porch, but I could tell because she kind of kept hiding from me and that's not her typical style. Usually right. she'd come right. up, she might give me a hug, she'd be looking in the bag. And so I had everything in a, you know, enclosed bag and you know, plastic bag they give to mom and um, 
And so, you know, it was just strange. And I was like, oh, I don't think she recognizes me. <laughs> so I was trying to talk to her and then, then she was kind of like, okay, but that's not really you. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's going to be the one thing, right? It's, it's, you know, parents understand and parents know who I am and, you know, all of that. And they, they get it and they, they understand and they respect um, that desire to keep everybody healthy but for kids it's just you know it's more than they can understand um so that part that's just my selfish part right because I would have loved to have been able to <laughs> hug her and you know see her and all of that but I couldn't do that so that's the part that I'm going to miss the most from this well, it's almost three o'clock and we don't want to keep you waiting from your, your other engagement. Um, I know we both thank you so much for uh, taking the opportunity to speak with us and um, allow yourself to be recorded by us. We greatly appreciate it. We know that you have so many other things to do. <laughs> Juanita, I don't know if you wanted to come back in and say oh, uh, goodbye. Okay. And yes, of course. Thank you so much again. And just um, we appreciate you and um, just what you've done um, for our life as well as for today and just being a part of our show. Show, excuse me. Well, thank you. And you guys need to do something fun tonight to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, if the, we'll see if the prince will allow it. <laughs> All right. Right. Well, thank you so much for, for your time and everything that you all do and trying to, to support other people. Well, thank Appreciate you guys so, for all that you do and for all that you continue to do and just all the effort and uh, the time that you put into it. Thank you. All right. All right. Tell all right. Daniel I said goodbye. <laughs> right. I will. Okay. Thank you for uh, listening to the episode. Thank you all for who clicked on. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, it's a little bit different. Um, please forgive the audio issues because uh, we were outside. Uh, it was a beautiful day that day. But uh, once again, thank you for all those who listen, who like, share, subscribe. Uh, you can hit me up on my social, uh, Bold Expressions, B-L-D Expressions, on both Twitter and Instagram. Once again, that is BLD Expressions on both Twitter and Instagram. You can shoot me an email at ctl6985 at gmail.com. Um, have a good day, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. And as always, don't be so busy proving your point that you forget your purpose. <laughs>